Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. It's graduation Sunday. And I'm probably not going to repeat that line again, but because it is graduation Sunday, I thought maybe I could take us back to school a little bit and remind us, just remind us of something that we probably all know, but a small nugget that I found in Scripture using uh, the disciple Peter, and hopefully it's just challenging to us all today. John 13, verses 31 through 38, it says, When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. Verse 33, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. So this is Jesus talking. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I'm going, you cannot, everybody say cannot. Cannot. You cannot come. Verse 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Then, verse 36, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Aren't you thankful for Peter? Thankful for his humanity, right? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Of course. Thank you, Peter. Still couldn't leave it alone. Lord, why can't I follow you now? Lord, I'll lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Three times. Lord, we thank you, God, for the opportunity to come into your house today to look at your word and to worship in your presence. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ, God, and I thank you for the path that you have had us all walk, to be in here, to testify, to have a testimony, to lift one another up, to look back, God, in the, in the goodness and the grace that you have bestowed upon us, God, that we could stand here today, God, to stand here in your presence, God, and then be wrapped in your loving arms. We ask you to help us, God, give us guidance and wisdom, challenge our hearts and our minds today, God, that we would apply your word, God, and that we would glorify you. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said... Amen. Amen. You may be seated. My title today is The Path. The Path. I also uh, give honor. I think my aunt and uncle are watching in in Indiana, and I thank the church for their prayers for uh, for them. I ask you to continue to lift them up as they continue to go through this time of life. I love you guys if you're watching today. My title, The Path, it's about the personal journey we take in life as Christians. Are you with me? How many have been on a path? How many know that's the only way? We don't get another choice. The sun rises and sets each and every day, not because we asked it to. The next day's coming. I remember it was difficult when my dad passed away, probably the first biggest trial of my life, and I quickly learned Life was going to keep happening, even if I wanted to put it on pause, even if I wanted to just try just for a moment to take a breath, 
and to put, slow everything down. If I could have just, I thought if I could do that for just a moment. But as we walk this path, we have choices. There's splits, there's turns. There's many things we do day in and day out. And when we get down the road sometimes, we turn and look back and we see the the line. We see some of these turns. We see the which way the path went. At the end of each year, I always kind of look back and I stand in awe sometimes. I can't believe all that just happened in that year. We won't even mention COVID, right? I mean, we were really looking back thinking this was some, there were some crazy things. But these paths tell a story. These paths tell stories of the choices we make and hopefully the ways that God moved in our lives. And I hope today, I hope today and that in your life you keep looking back saying this is a journey worth taking. Remember, as Christians, I'm, I'm emphasizing that part, as Christians, Peter, in this verse, we would say Peter was a Christian, right? He was chosen by Jesus to follow, right? But he obviously had some parts to work on. But I, I wonder, as we just sang here today, how many people here in the audience, how many of you have had your back up against the wall? Or let me say it this way, how many of you would say that you have walked away from God before? Go ahead and raise your hand. I'm raising mine. How many of you walked away from God? Keep your hand up for just for a minute. How many of you have been frustrated with God? How many of you have been angry with God? Okay, so for those online or those not able to turn around and look right now, we're all in the same boat. We've all been frustrated. We've all had times where we felt like maybe the circumstances in life led us to straying away from God, or we've been uh, made choice to say, that's it, I'm done, I'm not going to live this life anymore, I'm walking away. Right? We know these moments that we've had in life, but Jesus tells us, he says, follow me. He doesn't lay it all out at once. He doesn't say, hey, follow me today, and by the way, here's a layout, here's a calendar, and in five years you're here, 10 you're here, 15, 20, here's the plan, right? God said, I will order your steps. We're going to do this one step at a time, right? I'll order your step. Paul encourages us to do what? To die daily, okay? I'm going to order your steps. You're going to die. This is one step at a time. This is one day at a time. And I hope that we look at this path and we sing, we sing some of the old songs, oh, for grace that I would what? Trust him more. It's hard for me today to not think of this and hearing what Pastor Ellis, Pastor Tom just said, saying that we have testimonies. It's hard for me to not think of Brother Lonnie Lewis. And for those of you that didn't know him, he sat right where Gene's sitting right now in between Gene and Brother Jason. And anytime you'd mention the blood of Jesus Christ, you would mention the blood of Jesus Christ. And that old heroin addict saved by the grace of God would jump up and start dancing and worshiping no matter if anybody else was or not. There's a reason when we sing them songs or, we, or there's something moving. And today, you know, we had, Brother Mario, you started walking around. I got a feeling that Brother Mario's been through some stuff. He's looking on, on this path saying this is a journey 
were taken. I have a testimony today. Sister Sarah, you came up. Brother Jimmy, you walked up here. Why? Because it's a, we have a testimony. This is a path that's worth taking. It's a journey worth saying, we're staying on. God's been so good to me, I cannot tell it all. I hope somebody feels today and knows that what the Bible tells us that God's goodness and mercy is going to follow me. Brother Tony, you were in a coma. You've talked to some of us. You've given us your testimony. I hope you're okay with me saying that you've had issues with drug in your life before. Brother Tony's sitting right here in this pew today. Why? Because no matter where he went, no matter what choices he made, the goodness and the mercy of God kept following Tony. Could you stand today if you got a testimony? Could you stand and raise your hand and worship God if God has put you back on the path that he wants you to be? When we sit down for a meal in our home, I say, God, my first words, and the students have heard me pray it for years, my first line is always, God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Your mercy, you kept me from getting things that I deserved. I deserved some consequences. I look back in my life and I think, man, that could have been a lot worse. God, thank you for your mercy. I think about God's grace and I think of all the things I have that I probably shouldn't have. I don't really deserve it. God, thank you for your grace. God, every time I pray, God, thank you for your grace Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the goodness and mercy that follow me. I'm saying this because Jesus wants us. God wants us to do what? He wants us to follow him. He wants us to walk on this path. Luke 9, verse 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross daily and follow me. Mark 10, verse 21, then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. Why are we here Why are we on this path? These verses tell us because Jesus says, he says what? Sell it all. Deny it all. Put the things in your desires, right? Your preferences. Put them all aside and do what? Follow me. He doesn't say pick a few things. Pick a few things that you want. Decide in a couple areas how you want to live and then add me to it. Right? We all know this, but what's amazing We get faced with a situation, we get overwhelmed with life, and we're three weeks in before we're asking God for help. Isn't that amazing? At least we can look back and say, thank you, Peter. Oh, man, I'm not the only idiot. I just feel so much better. The one that walked with God robed in flesh on this earth still was trying to jump ahead of where God was directing him. We are our worst enemy. We are the ones that are going to get in our ways when God's trying to direct and lead us. Jesus knew for us to stay on the path, we had to not look to ourselves for direction. 
Then, as we read here, Peter, confused. We don't always understand, just like Peter didn't. When we think we're on the path, you're all here on Sunday, good job. Give the pat, all right? For some, it was more of a struggle than another, but we made it here. You're here on Sunday. You're doing your best to live this Christian life, but hear me. We cannot do what we want. We can't see the direction and purpose of God all the time. Just because we're here this Sunday, just because we're, we've just got done worshiping, just because we're walking this path, that does not mean we can make the decisions or foresee them. Right, Peter? Lord, why can't I fight? I will lay down my life for you. He was telling him, it, it doesn't matter what, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to lay my life down for you, God. He was trying to tell him what was to come. He was trying to tell him what his response was going to give us, what was going to happen. But God gives us this time, right? Sometimes we can't, we're on this path, but we're waiting. We feel like our wheels are spinning. We don't have direction. We're trying to understand purpose. We're in transition in life in this time of waiting, or we think that God is being unresponsive to us. I ask you today, what if it is a time of sanctification? What if it is a time for us to see and to look into the mirror, to look at our life and to say, is there sin in my life, God, that I need to remove out? Or is it just a time for us to draw closer to God? Maybe we thought we understood something God had given us a revelation for, but he wanted to do what? He wanted to truly teach us what it meant. How many know every age or every year, a couple years, you look back and you think, I thought I had that figured out, right? We have these moments of revelation like, I, I thought for sure that was the answer to that, and now I feel like I've been doing that wrong for a couple years. It just happens. It's part of our human nature. But seasoned Christians, committed Christians, we should never run before God gives us direction. We should never just get up and go with something. Why? Because our minds are powerful. We lie to ourselves sometimes. Shame on myself. We, I, don't, I don't know why we do it, but we do. I think we do it to make us feel better. I think we'd rather have an answer than being in waiting, but we do. We get ahead of ourselves. But 2 Corinthians 10, 5 tells us what? Bringing every, everyone say every, every, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. That does not exclude when you're looking for direction in our life. That doesn't exclude when we're trying to take a next step, no matter what it would be. But if we have the slightest doubt or uncertainty, I'm encouraging you today to listen to that caution. I'm encouraging you today to say, okay, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to wait. Because if I have any weight, if I have any doubt, if I have any thought of waiting on something that God has not blessed or given me direction, then I want to wait. Pastor Tom has taught me with just about everything in life, and I'm so amazed and impressed every time when he's not rushed for a decision because from his words, he's saying, I'm waiting on the peace of God. I'm waiting on the peace of God. As Christians walking down the path 
We have been taught. Sometimes we feel, as we started to say earlier, that the will of God, and, and it could be very true. But if we're overtaken by emotion, if we're just walking or taking day by day by the feelings that we have and not the direction, we're going to do what? And we know it. We're going to cause heartache. We're going to cause pain along our path. I encourage us not to do what? Not to act on impulse. I encourage us to wait on the timing of God. Say it this way. If you need the providence of God in that situation or you want to be successful with it, then you need to do what? You need to wait on the timing of God. Jesus told the disciples, I am leaving and you cannot follow me, but you will come later. So hear me, I'm just going gonna, gonna to wrap this thought up. I'm not, I'm not preaching long today. I noticed it was less pages than normal, and even, even the last page is a, a poem that we might not read from Robert Frost. Anybody remember Robert Frost from junior high? Yes, I know. That's the, it's the, the road not taken. Anybody remember that one? All right, well, and Mr. Burke, if you're watching or listening today, I want you to be proud. He loved that poem. I don't know if there's a way we can link him in or find him. I'm sure there is. But Jesus told the disciples, I'm leaving and you cannot follow me, but you will come later. Peter did not want to wait. He spoke quickly, saying what? He spoke to the direction of his life. He told Jesus, I hear what you're saying, but let me tell you right now, I've got this under control. I'm ordering my steps. That's what he was saying. I'll lay down my life for your sake. He was honest, but he was ignorant. There's no way around it. We say that about our own selves all the time, or we need to. I'm being honest, but it's probably ignorant. I just need to talk this out and not do it. Jesus, though, before the rooster crows, he tells him, you'll deny me three times. He, Jesus said this with a deeper knowledge of Peter, right? He was basically telling Peter, I know you better then you know yourself. Peter didn't even understand this depth of him, but Jesus knew why. You've been walking with me. You've been enamored by my presence and by the miracles. Right? But there's something else you need to learn, Peter. Peter could not follow Jesus yet because he didn't know himself or what? His capabilities well enough. He really didn't know himself as a Christian and Oswald Chambers says it this way, okay, please hear me. Natural devotion may be enough to attract us to Jesus. Devotion brought you all in here, brought us in here today. Devotion had everyone log in today. And we're all enamored by the power and the presence of God, what we feel in God's presence, captivated at times. But it will never Make us a disciple. Our devotion and our commitment to walk into this building is not going to make us a disciple. Natural devotion, okay, think of this story with Peter. Natural devotion is going to do what? It still has the opportunity to deny Jesus. Peter, he fell short. He fell short in following Christ in this moment. Peter proved it to us. He proved that our natural devotion would do what? Deny Jesus. He was on the path, but he wasn't truly following him. 
I encourage us today to stay on the path. Matthew 4, 19. That's not in my notes. Matthew 4, 19, it says, Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Or we, we reference a lot, make you fishers of men. That's, that's my uh, first email, A. Henson. Dot M-A-T-T period, 4-19 at hotmail.com. And I still have that one. All right, if you have any fishing pictures, you can email them to me. But here in Matthew 4, 19, follow me. The disciples did what? They jumped in awe of the Messiah. They were like, this is the one we've been waiting for. They were totally captivated already by the, by the way that he spoke with them, the miracles that he did for these fishermen. And he tracked it. They were overtaken by Jesus and with no hesitation followed him. But remember, this was no mystery. There was nothing else attached. He just said, follow me. Get on the path. Walk behind me. This is a time to do what? This is a time to learn. Then in, in John 21, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus meets the disciples on the shore for lunch, asking Peter if he loves him. This was the second time they brought in the net of fish. I'm still waiting for my first time. But Peter, Peter says, he tells Peter, if you love me, Peter. And he asks him three times. Peter hurt by the question of this. And he says what? Peter says to him. He's so hurt, he's asking us, Lord, you know, you know all things. Lord, you know all things. And if anything, Lord, you know that I what? Jesus, you know that I love you. I don't see a face in this room that wouldn't say, Lord, you know that I love you. Lord, I'm devoted to you. And Jesus says, then follow me. He tells him here at the end. And then he said to him, follow me. Now here's what I want us to look at here as we're coming down here to the last page. Between the two times that Jesus tells Peter to follow me, Peter denies Jesus with the oaths and curses. These are recorded in Matthew 26. But, but basically, in that moment, one of the closest disciples to Jesus Christ, who took oaths and cursed, saying he did not know this man, I think we could safely say he came to the end of himself. He was in a place he never thought he would be. Probably the lowest moment of his life, and especially in this Christian life, as he had gotten on the path that God had asked him to follow. His faith in his self-sufficiency was finally emptied out. There was nothing left when he denied Jesus. There was no part of himself that Peter would rely on again. And Jesus knew it. Jesus knew that Peter was at his lowest moment. He knew that he was on the path, but he knew that something still had to change. In this state of destitution, Peter was ready to finally, everyone say finally. finally. He was finally ready to do what? Receive all the risen Lord had for him. And we read that in John 21. And at this point then, Peter's ready to become a new man. If you all stand, musicians, you can come.
just focusing on these seven, eight verses today and looking at Peter's life, I hope you can apply it in some way. I hope you're not offended, and if you're offended, I, I hope you're not offended by me. I don't know what I was going to say there, but... I feel like it's plain for us to see, though, that we don't question, we didn't question Peter's devotion to God. We didn't question that he wasn't on the path. He, even here, after his oaths and cursing, he was still with the disciples, excited to see Jesus. When In John 21, when Jesus asked them what they were doing, if they had had lunch, Peter jumped out of the boat and swam the hundred yards to shore. It wasn't a question if he loved Jesus or not. He had kind of a turn or a curve, though, in his path as he was looking back on the journey that he had taken. But God continues to change and mold our lives, but that must not build us up to think we have power in ourselves. Like I said, a basic message applying scripture that we've probably read a handful of times. But the thing is, we have to do what? We have to stay humble and rely on the one that's given us the power. When we come to the end of ourselves, not just mentally, but completely, we're able to receive the direction God has for us. Right? How many of you have been at the end of yourselves before, and only then do you actually hear more than ever before, the voice of the clarity, the direction of God. And God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it took it. I took it to that point to just get there. God, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for, for being so beside or outside of the path or trying to order my own steps, trying to control these things that I should have came to you for. Here's the thing. Being saved and sanctified is a great thing. Like I said, we're all in here today. I think we all enjoyed worship service. Being saved and sanctified is a great thing. But being saved, sanctified, submitted, and obedient is a great thing. It's a good thing to be saved and sanctified. It's a great thing to add submission and obedience to this. To who? To Jesus to this word of God. Once Jesus met them there on the shoreline, and I feel like it was enhanced because they had fish. Just saying, this is in the word. The awesome thing is for the disciples, the next direction, the next steps in order for their life was the upper room. They had this moment. And then what? Peter went from the upper room to what? The first sermon. It might stink when we hit these low moments in life. If we stay on the path, if we stay on the path, if we ask God for his forgiveness in that moment, we're not starting over. Nobody's starting over. We're doing what? We're realigning. God's redirecting. I almost want to think he grabbed Peter's face, right? I know you love me, Peter, but I want you to follow me. The first time he told him to follow them, it was an external thing, right? Now we were saying this. Let me emphasize it again. The second time 
It was an internal thing. He was already following. He had proved he was going to follow him to the end. But this time it was what? It was a yielding of Peter's spirit. That's a big difference. Any of us can walk into this building today. Not all of us are ready. Not all of us walked into this building yielded and submitted to God. Maybe we were last week. I don't know what happened this week. Right? And it doesn't have to be on Sunday. Right? We can submit to God anywhere we're at. Any step. Amen, Brother Bruce? Any step. Any day. We can yield our spirit and, and, and tell God, I'm ready. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to stay on the path. I don't feel like I'd have done a good job today if I wouldn't read this last scripture, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord. Say it with me if you know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. The word of God says it. The word of God says it. I want to pick. I want to pick. Every night I got to die daily. I want to pick a life of submission and a life of preparation. I don't want to live a life of now. I don't want to live a life for myself. I want to stay on the path. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.